when, when somebody asks you, what are you thankful for, you start with the normal things. Um, you always start with, well, I'm thankful, you know, if you're little, you start with your, I'm thankful for my mom and my daddy. I'm thankful for my brothers and my sisters. And, and uh, you know, we, we realize shortly into the list that, that usually we realize shortly into the list as a believer that we should have started with, I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for the Father. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for the infilling. I'm thankful for a call. I'm thankful for purpose. I'm, I'm thankful for a a reason to be on the planet. You know, we should have started with that, but, but we get there, don't we? And, and as we continue with our list, you know, we're thinking about the things we're thankful for, and we, we eventually touch on our job, or perhaps if you like your job, I hope you do, you, you talk about that and the people you work with. You talk about your church and the people that you minister with there, and there's just so many things that come to mind. Um, as Pastor Chad said on Thursday night, he started listing, and I mean, he just started going down this list, and, and it could go on and on and on and on and on. If you if you wanted it to, I hope that you pray that way a lots of times. I I hope that that when you pray, that many times your prayer consists of you spending about the first five or ten minutes praising the Lord and then thanking Him for the things that He has done, because that is a correct scriptural way to pray. When the disciples said, "Hey, teach us Jesus how to pray." He started with our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is. And before he ever starts getting into the, the things that he needs, wants, desires, he's always uh, teaching them that the first things that should be happening is praise, worship, adoration to the Lord. And, and, then, and then from there we go to other things. But uh, today I want to talk about that there's a, there's a power, there's a, there is a way to pray effectively. The scripture says that the, that the, that the, um, the effectual and fervent prayers of righteous people get a lot done. They get things done. And King James says avail much, but it means they get things done. And I, I'm thankful that we have the ability to pray prayers that get things done. But there's a way to do that. And so uh, we are we are blessed and we are thankful for so many things. We are grateful for so many things. Uh, I hope that Heather and Kyle don't mind me sharing this, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, their son Barrett and mine and Deb's grandson Barrett, who's four years old, uh, apparently was in the car with Kyle and the other kids, and he found a harmonica, and he started just making all kinds of racket with it. He wasn't playing. He was just blowing on it, making all kinds of noise, and just agitating everyone in the car until finally Sophie, his big sister, she told him in, in certain terms, I'm not sure what they were, to stop. At which point Kyle said he turned around to her and he said to, he said to his sister, he said, Be grateful! And there are some things in life that are difficult to be grateful for. Um, someone blowing a harmonica in your face for 10 minutes might be difficult to be grateful for. I, I look back on um, the years I spent, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I was always playing some kind of a new musical instrument. I was always playing something. In fact, one year my mama, she found a clipping in a newspaper of a guy who was, he was walking, he was beating a bass drum, it had a cymbal on top, he was playing some kind of a horn, he had a guitar, and every limb, something was going as he was walking, and my mama thought that that, she said that was me, because I was always 
from the time I was a baby, I was always playing something. I had the pots and pans at four and five drug out in the floor and was setting them up at different sizes because I could tell the different sounds. So I was setting me up tritoms on the floor when I was four and five. And, and then I'm, I'm playing, you know, I would, if you handed it to me, I'd learn to play it. I played a nose whistle. I played the comb at school because I couldn't have an instrument. So I had a comb in my pocket and a piece of paper. I could play a comb and, and uh, a Jew's harp and, a, and, and it, you know, a, Somebody, I decided I want to play the guitar, so I went over to a guy's house. He said, I'll teach you to play the guitar. And, and the way that he did that, he had a mandolin, he had a banjo, and he had a guitar. And he would, that night, whatever night it was, I was 14, and I was the youngest one there. And, and there was about six or eight of us all, and he'd sit us all down, and he'd hand us an instrument, and he'd say, this is what you're playing today. So one night I'd have a banjo, the next I'd have a mandolin, the next I'd have a guitar. He'd hand it to me, he'd say, We're, here, here's a couple of chords and how they go, and he'd say, strike it up in Pentecostal G, and he would, some of you know what that means, and he would take off playing, and then we would just fall in and keep up. So uh, in a matter of a few weeks, I'm playing a banjo a little bit, I'm playing a mandolin a little bit, I'm playing a guitar a little bit, and, and then one Sunday uh, I was the church drummer from the time I was probably uh, nine or ten years old. But there was one, there was one particular uh, Sunday where that the, the power of the Holy Spirit really fell. And, and at our church, we didn't have an electric bass. We had a stand-up bass. Uh, it's called a cello. But, uh, but, if you, but if you live in Arkansas, you don't play the cello. You play a stand-up bass. And you don't use the the you don't use this thing. You just use your hands. You know, you do this here. And so I'm I'm 12 years old. This, this thing was way bigger than me, but I was enthralled just watching this guy play it every Sunday. And and so on that particular week, somebody was else was on the drums, I guess. And and the altar service was going. And man, it, people were singing and praying, but nobody was on the stand up bass. And so before you know it, guess what? Somebody was on the stand up bass. And I picked it up and I started. Because I'd watched them, I knew what they were doing, and I figured out how to play. I played that thing, you know, and, and Dad, would, he would always tell me, he'd say, we lived in a parsonage right next to the church, and he would always tell me, don't be over there playing with that stuff. I said, Dad, I'm not playing with it, I'm playing it. And he said, no, that's not your stuff, leave it alone. And so he turned around that night during the, I'll never forget this, he, he, during that time where, this, where the spirit was moving and the music was going, and I'm up there playing a stand-up bass, and dad was up in the front, and he, and he turned around and he looked at me, he did, like, he did one of these kind of things, he looked at me and went, I told you, you know. He said, you were playing that thing, I said, I told you. What I like to do. So there were times, though, along about the seventh grade, I decided to play trumpet. And uh, Mama was committed to me learning to play these instruments I was committed to. And I can remember, much to the chagrin of my poor sisters, every day after school, when I would come home and throw all my stuff down, and Mama would say, Go practice your trumpet, and she'd say it with a smile, but everybody in the house was unhappy for the next hour because I was just learning to play a trumpet, and I'd go in there and give it a run. I mean, I'd blow that thing and make all kinds of racket with it. Got finally got where I could play it. I ended up, you know, you don't really care about this, but those of you that played in the, played in the band, I ended up being, by the end of the year, I was first chair playing that trumpet, you learn how to do that kind of stuff. 
But when you're learning, it can be maddening for the people around you. Same thing I'm try- when I'm pr- trying to play the drums. I set them up in the middle of the house. Grandpa got me my first set of drums. Drove the family nuts. Set them up, set them up in one of the middle rooms of the house and had an old record player. Some of you don't even know what that was. And we had a record player. And, you know, it's a vinyl thing you put on there and it spins around. And Look that up. Google that. See what that is. But anyway, we, had, we used to have record players back in the day. And I set up the record player, and I'd, and I'd put that little deal down, and it'd start spinning around and playing that music, and I'd get on those drums, and I'd just beat the way out of those things, and the whole family just had to deal with it until finally I would get tired and do something else. There's some things that are a little bit difficult to be grateful for, aren't they? Did you ever have an annoying brother or sister? You know why I learned to whistle? Neil thinks it's funny that I can whistle the way I can whistle. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you. He thinks it's funny. He said I could be one of them concert whistlers. And the reason I learned to whistle that way is because it absolutely drove my dad nuts. And so I practiced all the time. And then when he was reading his paper, I'd go in there with a dart gun. First thing I'd do is shoot the paper. And then when he'd drop it down, then I would start with that beautiful whistling and he would say, shut that noise down. And I said, you know what your problem is, Dad? You just don't appreciate good music. That's not music. That's just noise. Go find some place and play. Get out of here. Some things are hard to be grateful for. But I've never found it difficult to be grateful for the things that the Lord has done for me when it came to answering my prayers over and over. Have you, have you, ever, have you ever done it? Have you, I, I, you're like, well, yeah, well, obviously we've counted our blessings. No, have you ever done it? Have you ever just sat down and just let your mind go through all the things God has done for you? Have you ever really done that? Ever really just sat down and taken the time to think about the prayers he's answered? How good has God been to you? What has he done in your life, how many good things has he done? Right down to the little things that sometimes you take so for granted. Prayers that we just not just did not deserve for them in my life. I prayed lots of prayers that I did not deserve for them to come true. And yet, God has been so good over the years. Providing and forgiving, my goodness... My goodness, how many times has God forgiven me? It's way too many to count. In fact, it's way too many to count the times he's forgiven me for the same sins. Not just for all of them, but you could just pick one of them. And just one of the sins that I've continued to do over and over at different times. And it's just amazing that God has healed us and forgiven us and provided for us and answered our prayers and delivered us from our enemies and delivered us from the snares of the enemy and given us hope and joy and strength. And way too many times to count for sure, but I'm thankful. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4. It starts in verse 6 and 7. And, and, he's, and he hears, he hears, he's saying, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything with thankful hearts. Notice that. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then, because you belong to Jesus Christ, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. Colossians 4.2 says, never give up praying. And when you pray, keep alert 
and be thankful. I want to use those three verses just for the next few minutes to serve as our text today. There's a couple of things I want to point out. I wish you'd get your pen and your paper. Get ready to write these things down. Write down, first of all, as a title, I'm thankful for prayer. I'm thankful for prayer. It's a privilege to pray prayers that God answers. Amen? Not all prayers are answered. It's a privilege to pray prayers that God answers. You said, not all prayers are answered? I'm convinced in the word that God is not bound by his word to answer the prayers of anyone but the righteous unless that prayer is a prayer of repentance. So some prayers don't get answered. I, I showed the guys on Wednesday night in the Bible study. We're looking at 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and I found a verse of Scripture that was just, that it was very sobering. It's very sobering. In fact, we spent a few minutes talking about it. Chad said, anything you want to add, Pastor? And I was like, yeah, but when I throw this out, it may cause a little bit of discussion. I had been, I had been reading in Proverbs, and I ran across a verse there in uh, chapter 28, verse 9. The way that it's listed in uh, God's Word and CEV is is pretty amazing. It doesn't matter which translation you look at. It still basically says the same thing. It says that prayers offered by the unrighteous are disgusting to God. And I said, if that is the case, then how much more pressure is on the believer to pray for the unrighteous? Because they can't pray for themselves. There's some prayers that God is not just not listening to. He's actually disgusted by. I'm thankful that we are able to pray prayers as believers that he answers. Prayers that bring him joy to answer. Somebody say amen. I mean, our God is joyful to answer the prayers of his children. And so these three verses will serve as our text to talk about basically just two things. In the, in the first verse 6, it tells us this. Don't worry, pray. That's easy. I mean, let's stop there for a second. You're going to find out when you're done with this today, this is not the deepest theological dissertation you've ever heard in your life. You're going to walk away and go, wow, that was pretty simple. That's pretty basic. Exactly. I hope, I hope, I hope that this is simple and basic and that you walk away saying, I got that. It simply says, don't worry, pray. As if to say that if we prayed, we wouldn't need to worry. Which is exactly what those first two verses are trying to teach us. It tells us to pray with a thankful heart about everything, it says. You can pray about everything or anything, but do it with a thankful heart. That's key. If you don't do it with a thankful heart, I don't know how much it's going to avail. But you can pray about anything and everything with a thankful heart. Now why is a thankful heart important? 
Because there's a blessing that follows a prayer that is prayed from a thankful heart. That doesn't follow any other prayer, apparently. Apparently, thankful prayer brings peace, not worry. Look at verse 7. Then it says, if you, pray with, if you pray about anything and everything with this thankful heart, then because you belong to Christ Jesus, that means your prayers aren't disgusting to him, because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand, and this peace will control the way you think and feel. Now that's a blessing we can all use. I need a peace in my life that will control the way I think and feel. I need that kind of peace. Hudson Taylor, missionary to China many years ago, gave this advice. Listen to this, and I quote him. He said, now listen, he said, let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all right into God's hand. And then when we have given all over to him, you ready for this? There will be nothing left for us to be troubled about. That's the key. Anything that you don't give to him apparently remains yours to worry about. But I don't want to worry about anything. The only thing that I'm not going to have to worry about is the thing that I don't give over to the Lord. The Word says that everything and anything that I pray about with a thankful heart, He will bring peace to. There'll be no worry. Now, I want you to see something here. When you pray with a thankful heart, that gives you the peace to give up control so that you can then live under his control. And in that place is where you find safety and blessings and peace. When I say don't worry but pray, there's a whole lot I'm talking about. I'm, when I say that, I'm saying don't worry but pray. I'm saying Pray about everything and anything with a thankful heart so that you'll have the peace you need to give up control over everything so that you can render yourself to the control of God and thus have peace. Because I have peace over everything that I'm not trying to control that I know God is in control of. It's quiet. I hope you're writing it down. And secondly, the word says, never give up, pray. So don't worry, pray. Basically, don't quit, pray. Don't worry, pray. Don't quit, pray. Colossians 4.2, never give up praying. And when you pray, keep alert and what? Be Thankful. Here comes that thankful again. Here comes that thankful heart. There's something key about praying from a place of thankfulness. From a thankful heart, pray and keep praying. 
Never stop praying about everything and anything. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says there that that Jesus told his disciples a story about how they should keep on praying and never give up. I won't go into the story, but that's the point. He said you should keep on praying and never give up. Because praying continually or consistently... Now, you know what that means. You can't pray 24 hours a day, but we've talked about this before lots of times over the years. What does it mean to pray continually? It means to be in a continual atmosphere and attitude of prayer where you're constantly walking with the Lord. You're hearing from him, talking to him. You're just kind of conversing back. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're on your knees, although you need to be on your knees every single day. This this continual and consistent prayer is what's happening throughout the week, throughout your life. I'm living in a constant state of communion with God. Okay, And when I stay in this continual, consistent place, the scripture said, here's what's going to happen. When you pray, keep alert and be thankful. So I'm going to pray from a thankful heart, but it also says I'm going to be alert. Praying continually or consistently will keep you alert. The word alert means several things. It means alert, it means awake. It means ready, it means prepared, prepared. For what? Here's what I think. Praying consistently with a thankful heart will keep you awake and alert and prepared to obey what God tells you to do as a result of the prayer. A lot of people are not alert. Or awake when they pray. Prayers are, are all over the place and they're simply based on emotional response due to a specific circumstance like this. They just, they're just shooting prayers all over the place. That there's no consistency. There's no continuity. They haven't been spending time with the Lord. They get in a bind, so now they're shooting something up. Shooting some prayer up into the sky, right? A person who is constantly, continuously, consistently Communing with God doesn't have to pray as many desperate uh, off-the-cuff prayers. Because when the person who's been continually communing with the Lord says, Hey, Lord, I didn't get a good doctor's report. He said, I know. We've been talking about how you hadn't felt good for the last couple of weeks. Instead of, oh, God... They think I'm dying. You need to do something. The prayer could be, hey, Lord, you've been helping me get ready for this. You've been telling me how I'm going to come through this. You've been giving me assurances to your word of how you're going to heal me. Does this make sense, what I'm trying to tell you? Why that this, this consistent, continual thing, why this would keep you alert, why this would cause you to be prepared to obey? You pray with a thankful heart. You pray open to obey whatever God tells you to do. And then when you do that, when you obey, your prayers are going to be answered, they're going to be effective, they're going to be productive. That's the kind of of, uh, prayer that's going to bring peace and that obedience produces. So there was a, a Dr. Miller years ago, he made this statement, he said, it is a great deal easier to do that which God gives us to do, no matter how hard it is, than to face the responsibilities of not doing it. We need to pray prayers that come from a thankful, 
and an obedient heart because those are the ones that are going to produce peace in our lives. They're the ones that are going to get us through difficult circumstances. So there you have it. Don't worry, but pray. Never give up, but pray. Now, there's a whole lot about prayer we can talk about that we haven't done, right? I'm just simply trying, I'm just simply trying to tell you why we're thankful for prayer and what a thankful heart in prayer can produce. It can take away worry and give peace. It can make you alert and obedient. It can put you in a place thereby that makes you obedient to hear the voice of God and be able to move accordingly. So, illustrate the power of prayer. Three men are hiking in a wilderness area and they come across this huge, raging, violent river and they've got to get on the other side but they don't know how to do so. And so the three of them stand there for a few minutes surveying the situation, looking at what seems to be an impossible task and finally one of them had an idea and he says, I'm going to pray. And so he says to God, please give me the strength to cross this river and poof. All of a sudden, God made his arms and legs and lungs bigger and stronger. And he jumps into the water and he begins to swim. And although it takes him almost 20 minutes or 25 minutes to get to the other side, and he nearly drowned two or three times, he does get to the other side. And he gets out and pulls himself up on the bank. Meanwhile, the other two are watching, and they're thinking, this is not how we want to do this. So the second one had an idea, and he prayed his prayer, and he said, God, give me the strength and the tools to get to the other side. All of a sudden, God caused a rowboat to appear from nowhere, and the second guy jumped in the rowboat with a smile on his face, and he began to paddle himself across the raging river and the boat almost capsized two or three times but eventually he got to the other side he got out, shook himself off, was relieved and the third guy still on the other side is thinking, I don't want to go that way either. So he prays his prayer. God give me the strength and the tools and the intelligence to cross this river and poof! God turned him into a woman and he looked at the map and he hiked upstream a couple of hundred yards and then walked across the river on the bridge. Now, If we were to pray consistent, continual prayers from a thankful and an obedient heart, we could save ourselves a lot of worry and a lot of mess that comes from not praying at all or from praying incorrectly. Here's what's so cool about the power of prayer, and I want you to hear this. It is true that 
the power of prayer does move the hand of God. But I think sometimes, maybe even more importantly than that, is it moves his children to change. And, and that's the result more often than not. For even though in the Word we see all these places where people prayed and God miraculously came through and caused time to stand still or roll back water, man, we love all that and that fires us up and I'll preach about it and shout about it and all those kinds of things. I'm excited about those and God still does miracles. Don't get me wrong. But more often than not, God does not part waters, stop time. You know how He answers correct prayer most of the time he changes the prayer so that they will have peace about the storm they're either in or headed to he gives them the ability to turn loose of their control And then he wakes them up so that they will be obedient to do what he says so they can come through it successfully. So sometimes God will instantly heal the person. Other times God brings them through that. And on the other side of it, they have quite a story to share and a testimony that they otherwise would not have had. We want the prayer to be that fix it all. We want it to be, I'm in so tight with God that I ask Him to do something. And the scripture says that if you're in tight with the Lord, He'll answer your prayer every time. That's true. But the problem is, He doesn't always do things the way that you pray Him to do them. And that's why you spend time in prayer and you're worried and you're stressful and oh God, you gotta do something, you gotta do it now. And God's like, No, I don't. I really don't have to do it now. I I can wait. I'm not in any hurry at all. God, I need you to move. I'm I'm standing on your word, I'm claiming your promises, I'm I'm telling you, God, I this is what you need to do. La, 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 la. And God's like, Are you done? Tell me when you're done. Whenever you get done, I'm going to speak back to you and say, Come at me with a thankful heart. Come at me consistently. Let's have conversations where I talk to you, not just you telling me what I need to do real quick. Let's try this a different way where that you come to me and you thank me where that in that thankful heart I am able then to do a work in you that causes you to give up control so you'll quit being so frantic and always panicking and freaking out and we can have some logical conversations instead of you screaming at me all the time crying Let's get you there with a thankful heart so that you can be alert enough to obey when I tell you what to do, which is what's going to bring you through this a lot faster than all the screaming and crying. 
I'm thankful that we can pray prayers that get results. But our scripture teaches us there's a way to do that. Let's come to God with a thankful heart. I'm thankful for prayer. I'm thankful for the privilege of being able to pray prayers that get God's attention. I'm thankful to be able to pray prayers that change me enough so that God can answer the way he intended to from before the time I needed to pray the prayer. Don't worry. Pray. Don't give up. Pray. Lord, I'm thankful for your word today. I need to be changed by prayer, Lord. I need to learn to pray more effectively, more constructively, more productively. Help us today, God. Through this week as we reflect on the many things we are thankful for. Help us to remember that we are thankful that we have the opportunity and the privilege to converse with the creator of the universe at any moment we so desire. How come we don't do it more? I'm thankful to be able to speak to you and hear from you. I'm thankful to hear from you more than speak. I gain so much more from when you talk to me than when I cry to you. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to pray with thankful hearts. During this last song, I would ask all of you, find yourself a place and let's pray. Don't sit and look at me. Let's pray. Either sit there where you are, stand where you are, come to an altar, whatever that needs to look like for you. But I want you to commit this word into your spirit. It's in your head. Let's get it to your heart through the matter of prayer. Let's pray. Pray from a thankful heart and lay your notes out in front of God and say, God, what are you teaching me from this word? I want to pray effectively. Teach me how to pray from a thankful heart. Let's find ourselves a place and pray. God bless you.